This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl van der Merwe, and today in episode 86, we're going to be talking about digital games that teach problem solving. So I have loved playing games since I was 18, and we got our first computer. And if you've listened to all my podcast episodes from the start, you will know that. But today, I decided to actually get in uh, a guest who loves these games as much as I do and actually knows some that I don't. And this is also the area of her expertise or one of the areas. So today's guest is Tara Walker and she is completing her PhD in the College of Media Communication and Information, what a mouthful, at the University of Colorado Boulder and in media research and practice. Her research is focusing on mental illness and health in mass communication. She has also instructed media ethics and law, history of advertising, strategic writing for public relations, and creative concepts. And before she taught all these courses at the College of Media, she also taught writing and rhetoric classes for CU Boulder's program for writing and rhetoric. So you can see she is well accomplished. Right now, she's um, a poet and she's an artist with an MFA in writing from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. I have her poetry book, which is called Exquisite Disgust and also features her drawings. You can get it on Amazon. I will have the links to the book um, along with anything else that we mentioned today in the show notes, which you can find at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. So after this very lengthy introduction, Tara, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so Tara, starting off, let's just talk in general about the type of digital games, the sort of adventure type um, problem solving games that we're going to be looking at in more detail today. And just explain why these games could actually be good for one and not just a waste of time. Because I know so many parents will see their kids gaming and just think they are just... um, it's just a waste of time and that they're not actually doing anything productive. Why do you think this is perhaps a wrong way to see things? Well, it's interesting because I think I used to think that too. Um, And then I started, you know, playing these uh, problem solving uh, click and point sort of adventure games. And I I realized that they were uh, really challenging my thinking. Um, So for instance, you know, one of my favorites is the room series. Um, I've played room one through four, I've played um, some of them, yes. Oh, they're wonderful. They're so, yes. they're beautiful in addition to being um, super challenging. But uh, but yeah, no, there were definitely times when I, uh, you know, you really have to practice using memory and logic and um, all these other skills. And it was interesting to me because that was really the first one I started getting into. And I was <clears throat> surprised at how challenging it was. Um and uh, one of the one of the biggest things I think it, it did for me is it forced me to slow down um, and problem solve um, because it was so rewarding. You know, it's so rewarding when you find the key or when you find the right gear or when you go into the right spot or whatever, and and things start to click into place. So I would say not only or do they encourage these critical thinking skills, but they also you also feel rewarded for your patience and for your 
problem solving. So I found that, you know, super useful for me. Um, you know, and, and it, what's nice about them is that, you know, I'm thinking all the time, obviously, like as a PhD student, but um, it's nice to sort of shift gears and, and think about and concentrate on something else that is rewarding um, and uses some of the same critical thinking skills, but um, is also just really fun. So. Right. It's, it's my favorite. I tend to keep them for when I'm on long plane trips, which of course are not happening right now. Right. So I, I have actually started um, thinking I should just play them for fun, uh, you know, for downtime every now and again now, because yeah. uh, that's not likely to happen. And it's, they are fun. I know, um, you know, I like to play them also with my youngest daughter and uh, because sometimes you get stuck or I'll try and play mm -hmm. it at the same time as somebody else I know who's playing. So if you get stuck, you can ask for help. Otherwise, right. in all desperation, I will sometimes resort to walkthroughs. So there's just a small hint. If you get really stuck, there are things called walkthroughs. Yes, I resorted <laughs> to those a couple of times. Um, yeah, and it's funny because I, I actually made Rachel download the room four because, or the room three, because I wanted to talk about it with somebody <laughs> who had also played it. I really wanted to have a conversation. So uh, yeah, so it's nice to have somebody else who's playing it with you and then you can discuss it. Okay, and Rachel, who should refer to here, is my oldest daughter, who's going to be on the podcast. Oh, she will have been on the podcast two weeks ago. And um, I've already recorded that one. But Rachel is actually Funder Fund Academy, our sponsors, um, visual literacy teacher. She's a PhD student with Tara. That's where they know each other from. And she suggested I get Tara on, on this uh, episode. But Rachel's class in visual literacy includes digital games and if you have a teen that loves games I would suggest you look into that either for a fine arts credit or for um, a half an English credit because she actually uses games as part of the class not the whole class but she does actually look into those things yeah. anyway let's get back to the actual games Terry is going to actually go through a couple of her favorite and all of these that she's going to talk about um, include some kind of problem-solving elements so you'll find puzzles mysteries um, and tasks that involve a lot of trial and error which is also where the patience comes in so Tara do you want to start running through these and perhaps um, as you go through them if you happen to know if they are free let us know um, if you don't know, it doesn't matter. And if you know which platform they're on as well, I am going to suggest to our listeners that if these sound cool and you really don't know much about them, join our Facebook group for this podcast. It's the Homeschooling with Technology community. The link will be in the show notes. Because if you come on there and you explain the age of your kids and the kind of things you like, I will probably be able to help you um, and I can also go back to Tara and ask her for ideas. We can fit them to meet your particular needs. So do come on there and feel free to ask for some more suggestions for the platform that you're looking at, etc. Because some of these only work on some platforms and some will work over a multitude of platforms. Okay, Tara, over to you. Just go through the ones you want to share with us. Sure. Um, yeah, so... Uh Again, I would say the room series is one of my favorites. What's nice about that is that the first episode, I believe, is free. So you can kind of get a taste for whether or not you are interested in it. Um, and then I, I think the game ranges from like somewhere to four to $7 for each installment. Right. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's usually the price for most of these. Um, I have played a couple of them on, on Xbox, um, which I think they're also available on PlayStation. And I don't know exactly how much they are because we have a game pass, but um, so a couple of those that are really interesting. There's one called Inside, 
Um, and Inside is a platformer game. It's not um, as like an immersive 3D um, kind of a thing. But what's really interesting about it is, um, you know, you're, you are a child and you're escaping from uh, these, you don't really know who's chasing you, but you know someone's after you. Um, and you're kind of running through this uh, really strange landscape and you have to use anything that you can find around you to get over um, barriers and that kind of thing. Um, and what was kind of fun about it is my husband and I were playing it together and uh, you know one of us would be playing the other one would be like try the try the thing move the box kick the mountain you know. <laughs> um, so it was actually kind of a fun like sort of um, bonding experience but and that just was yeah, Can ahead, we just sorry. stop you one second? Um, I, I have an episode on when I talk about, you know, homeschool moms can be gamers too. And mm. the one thing I do suggest is that they game with their kids. And here's yeah. a good example. This is the kind of game I play with my, my youngest daughter because I'm not good at the running things, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I'm, I'm older and I just am not so good with all the controls. Yeah, but not either, actually. This is where, as you said, what, what the two of you were doing, I will play the one of you try this, you try that, and I'll let right. her do it. I mean, we've been playing some games on the Switch like that, yep. where she actually operates the controls when it's more control-based as well, and, and I help with the problem-solving. I think my problem with the controls is, like, I grew up in the era of, like, Super Nintendo, where there was only backwards and forwards. <laughs> like, you couldn't go any other way. So I'm always just wanting, like, I want this arrow and that arrow, um, and I don't want you know, a lot of complicated stuff. So I totally understand that. That's what you're right. I mean, that's absolutely what's nice about playing with somebody else is because if they're better at that kind of a thing than you are, then, you know, you can do the problem solving or you, you know, you share the problem solving, but it's kind of a fun way right. to do that. Um, but inside is really interesting. Um, and uh, I love games that have a good story element to them too. Um, that is really, really important to me. Um, and you know, I was an English major and obviously I'm a writer. So those kinds of games I find incredibly attractive. Um, one game that I'm really into right now, um, is the house of Da Vinci. And, uh, I played the first one and it was fun, but the second one has such a richer story. And, um, what's really cool about it is that it's this whole Renaissance aesthetic. Um, and they've got all this interesting like symbolism and art from the Renaissance, um, and, uh, you know, there's details about Leonardo da Vinci's life and what's kind of cool about that. And I could see like, a that even being used for like a history course too, because as you go along, you see different symbols and things. And, um, it could be really interesting to research that stuff. Like, Hey, did Leonardo really do this painting or was this really an invention he came up with or something like that? So it wow. not only teaches those critical thinking skills, but it's also got this really interesting historical element and it's visually just really beautiful too. So yeah, homeschool moms can do a lot with that one. Yes, that's absolutely right. Yes. No, it's so fun. Um, yeah, no, it's cool. And it also has a time travel element and I'm a sucker for any game with a time travel <laughs> thing in it. So, um, and along the same lines as the time travel one, um, there's a game called The Silent Age. Um, and this one is really interesting because the graphics are pretty bare bones. They're just very, uh, they're, they're kind of subtle and there's not a lot of um, move, moving around. It's more of a, a platformer back and forth kind of a thing. But what I really like about the silent age is that you have to make choices in the present and the past. And the choices that you make in the past influence what, what goes on in the present. So for instance, you'll be in a certain spot and uh, there'll be a plant in the way. 
Um, so you have to go back to the past and find something to kill the plant so that when you come back to the future, the plant's no longer in your way. Um, oh, I've played that one. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's really <laughs> yes, cool. Yes, it is very cool. Yes, yeah. I have, yes. Um, and there definitely were times when I got stuck with that. So it's what's interesting about it is like, it, it isn't necessarily like the, um, the fanciness of the graphics or anything that influence the quality of the game, right? Mm -hmm. We tend to think that like the more visually appealing something is the better game it is. And sometimes that's true, but you know, in games like the Silent Age, it's, it's, very, it's very subtle, but it's uh, just brilliantly put together. Um, and uh, the story again is really interesting too. Um, I'll just mention one more um, called Meridian 157. And that's similar to the Silent Age in that it's not a super immersive, uh, fancy graphic environment the way that the room or the House of Da Vinci are. But the Meridian 157, I think, is one of the most complex, um, challenging games in terms of memory, um, in terms of what you have to remember in order to, to solve all the puzzles and put things together. Um, and the premise of that game is, I believe you're a scientist and you're on this island and you discover this abandoned research facility and you have to go through the research facility to, and solve puzzles to try to figure out, you know, what happened. Um, and uh, that one really challenged me. It really put me to the test and it was really fun. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to try some of those now. I just want you to, you do, you did um, mention to me earlier, one that you've been playing with your ethics, your media ethics oh, class. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so this is a totally different kind of a game, but it's really interesting. Um, so uh, yeah, so I've taught media ethics and law. I believe this is my third or fourth time teaching it. I'm losing track, but um, I'm always kind of looking for ways to um, sort of bring ethics into the real world. I hate the expression real world. So sometimes I call it, you know, like ethics in the wild, like ethics outside the classroom. Um, and, you know, I was looking for a way to talk about, you know, fake news, which is such a huge topic right now. Um, and I actually went to a conference where a bunch of people who teach media ethics and law were talking about techniques that they use. And one of them mentioned this game called Fake It to Make It, um, which is a, it's a fairly simple game, but it's so interesting. And what happens is you basically become the generator of fake news. And in the game, <clears throat> you start your own news site and uh, sometimes it will generate a name for you, which is really funny. It'll call it something crazy, like, you know, the, the daily, uh, you know, tree, the daily whatever, it'll just kind of pick random words and put it together. Or you can come up with your own. <clears throat> and then um, as you go through, you have a goal, like a certain amount of money that you want to make for something, like you want to buy new band equipment or whatever. Um, and what you have to do is publish articles on your site um, that are going to get the most uh, folks to repost and click them. So it's, it's basically showing you that the more sensational a story is sometimes, the more people will go to it, the more people will spread it. Um, and there's different metrics in the game for like sensationalism and, you know, interest. And, um, and as you go through, people post, you know, you see the comments that people make on your, on your news to sort of see if it's achieving the, um, the coverage that you want it to achieve. And then as you go through, you know, in the game, you make money uh, based on how many people click on your stories. So after the students play this game, I have them write a reflection on, uh, you know, what did you not expect, for instance? Like, what, what, what surprised you? Um, what did you learn about how fake news spreads? 
why does it spread? Um, so what's kind of interesting is it is that we we talk about that a lot in terms of, you know, don't post stuff on Facebook that you don't know the the source or you know make sure you're being critical about what you're sharing with your friends and family. But I don't think that many of us have the chance to really put ourselves in the other position and say, how does this happen? Um, how is it that you know these stories spread in the media? Um, and a lot of it has to do with uh, just trying to generate revenue and just trying to generate enough buzz on the story that people will keep reposting it. So it's a really good exercise. Right. I wanted you to go over that because, gee, a couple of weeks ago, maybe more months ago, I actually did an, um, a podcast episode on how to teach your children about fake news. Oh. And I know about various other resources, but that was not one that I know about. And so I didn't include it. Yeah, so there are a couple of other ones as well. There's one where you just literally, um, which is in, so if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it if you're interested in trying to teach your kids this, but where you sort of, you read cool. them and you decide. So there's others, but none that you actually created. Right. So I thought that I also use it in my computer applications class. I actually deal with it because it's a computer applications and computer literacy. And I think that that is one of the parts of, you know, literacy. <laughs> computer literacy you do need to understand is how to know or not so it's hard to tell sometimes it is so um yeah i deal with various things but that was something i didn't know so that's cool tara thank you so much for spending your time and sharing these ideas with us absolutely yeah it's fun to talk about and um, if you do try them out, come to our podcast group and share what's worked and what your family have loved and share things that I don't know as well there. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast and you've been listening to it for a while, will not you tell a friend about it and perhaps even stop and give us a rating and review? It really helps us to get found by other people. So that's it from us for this week and see you again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.